When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. Welcome back to another episode of the Retro Gamers Podcast, episode 163. Larry here, and I am, once again, all by myself. Uh, Anthony is not with me this week. He's actually on assignment. So um, I'm bringing you another handheld episode, uh, mostly because I was so busy the weekend that we normally <laughs> record. Uh, I'm recording this right before Raw, to be honest with you. But it would be remiss of us. It's hard to do this sometimes without Anthony, because then I don't know if I'm getting the verbiage right. But if Anthony doesn't get me on it, Frank will eventually when he hears this, which will be probably a year from now. Um, but um, we had a big, big birthday over the weekend. The 25th anniversary of... The Sony PlayStation. Uh, December 3rd, 1994, it was released in Japan. Uh, of course, us here in North America wouldn't see it until the following September of 1995. Uh, Europe would see it September 29th. We saw it September 9th. And um, Australia got it November 15th. Uh, so, you know, the PlayStation, it goes without saying, it's a literal game changer and i can sit here and i can just rifle off stats you know 102.49 million units shipped uh that's including 28.15 million ps1 units the uh shortened the slim if you will uh best-selling game of all time on the ps1 uh, as of april 30th of 2008 was gran turismo i would have thought uh one of the Final Fantasies, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, launch price originally $299. I can go into all this. I could. But a lot of you already know this. And there's a lot of sh pod shows. I was going to say shows. Uh, podcasts out there that will break it down systematically. You know, the what's in it. What's uh, part of the system. You know, the, the absolute... Everything, you know, the, the R3000A 32-bit RISC chip at 33.7 megahertz manufactured by LSI Corporation. They could talk about the 16.47 million colors that was part of this revolutionary system that was 256 by 224 resolution. Um, you know, adjustable frame buffering, no line restrictions, unlimited cluts, ooh, color lookup tables. That's what that is. Be that as it may. <laughs> You know, it can go into all that. But here at the Retro Gamers, we like to reminisce. We like to talk about the days of old when Anthony and myself, when we start discovering these games, when we remember from what we can still remember about these systems. And I remember vividly when I got a PlayStation um, and it was 
way after 1995. I wouldn't get a PlayStation. Actually, I can tell you exactly. Uh, if you give me just a few moments, I can look it up here. Good old Wikipedia. Oh, and I'm frozen. Okay. Oh, there we go. Um, it would be years, years before I got a PlayStation. Um, in fact, I was in college when I first got the PlayStation. Uh, here we go. So, um, I remember, you know, everyone knows we're Nintendo heavy. We are. We grew up with it. It's it's, it's what we played. It's what we, you know, it's, it's what we had. I know me and Anthony kind of had our fair share of other systems. Uh, we each had a Genesis at one point. Uh, Anthony definitely had the PlayStation before I did. Um, Anthony, Anthony's, as some of you may not know, Anthony's a couple years older than me. Um, so I remember, um, while I was still in high school, well, we were both in high school, uh, Anthony having the PlayStation, uh, his genre of games, he enjoyed like the rhythm based games and, um, like puzzle games and stuff like that. We played our wrestling games, definitely, especially on the PlayStation. Um, so I played a lot of PlayStation, Pa Rapper the Rapper, which, Anthony will say is his favorite, one of his favorite games on the PlayStation. I hated it. <laughs> Personally, I was not a fan of Pa Rappa the Rappa. Um, you know, Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, I remember being one of the major, like, first uh, games with this giant floor map peripheral that I haven't seen since the Power Pad. That was my take on things. Um, also, the PlayStation. I remember when Anthony got the, the mod, um, well, back then it really wasn't a full mod. It was kind of like, you kind of plug something into the back of the PlayStation, but basically we were able to get, uh, imported games. He used to work at a video, um, video rental store and he would get these imported games like, um, uh, fire pro wrestling, um, some versions. I think he got some imported versions of dance, dance revolution that had other music and stuff like that. Um, I know he had. Oh, there was another game that he imported. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember being like, wow, playing Japanese games? This is insanity. Because Japan was so far on the other side of the world. Um, now, Anthony's constantly going there. Uh, he's in China now, but he's constantly going to Japan. And because of the internet, the world is a lot smaller anyway. Uh, but I just it just blew my mind that we're playing Fire Pro Wrestling on the PlayStation which was a game in Japan that basically used licensed wrestlers without the permission of WWE or WCW. So we got to play, you know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Sting, uh, Undertaker versus Vader, you know, back in the day before Vader came over, really, to WWE. Um, and I remember seeing the CD-based system, and I wasn't at first... I wasn't impressed. I'm going to admit because I had my concerns of CDs. Um, the because I'm not a PC gamer, and I do remember having limited, very limited games on my PC that were, you know, on on CD. But I, I always remember just having some trouble loading them. I'm sure. Trust me when I'm telling you. Ooh, that was deep. Um, trust me when I tell you, um, it was probably user error. Uh, 
but I um I just I I just didn't enjoy CD based games. The low time, you know, you put a cartridge in, boom, it's it's ready to go. Um, and then the sensitivity, like I remember growing up, and we're gonna go way back for some of you folks. Uh, vinyl. I remember, you know, growing up, don't touch the vinyl. Don't just grab the vinyl. You gotta hold it by the sides. Don't get your fingerprints on the vinyl. And then with CDs, you always hold it from the sides. Don't touch the bottom. God forbid you touch the bottom of a CD. <laughs> you know, I would have thought I'd broken the whole thing. Um, you know, so to be so gentle and then the weird, um, Un- black undercoating of a PlayStation uh, disc, PlayStation game. I was just like, eh, not for me. Um, you know, and plus I was still all hell bent on Nintendo. But Anthony was the first person I know, and at the time the only person I knew, uh, with a PlayStation. So, so I did play my fair share of PS1 games. I didn't get a PlayStation, though, till about... I'm going to say March or April of 2000. So, so about five years, almost, well, four and a half years after the release of the system in North America, I finally went out and got myself a PlayStation. And I'm going to tell you this much. It was a used PlayStation. I went to probably at the time would have been electronics boutique. I went to college, uh, at Adelphi University in Garden City, New York. So we were not far at all from uh, the Roosevelt Field Mall, which had an EB in it. Pretty sure it was EB. It may have been a software, etc. I know a lot of people's heads are probably blowing up right now trying to remember these stores. You know, God help me if I say Funko Land. Um, so, and I, re- I didn't buy it new, and I don't know why I didn't buy it new. Uh, oh, that's right. I was in college, and I was broke. So the first system I bought was a used PlayStation with a copy. The sole reason I got a PlayStation, an original PlayStation, not because of a Final Fantasy game, not because of some of these rhythm games that were very popular in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, not even like for ports of these arcade fighters that were coming out on the PlayStation. I got my copy of WWE SmackDown, which came out in March of 2000, and that was the reason why I got myself a PlayStation <laughs> totally to play uh, SmackDown. Um, let's face facts. You know, a lot of us probably got a system for a game, and then you build your uh, your library from there, but... You know, for those of you listening all these years, um, you know, you definitely know me and Anthony are big wrestling fans. Um, I'm just a huge wrestling fan. Um, and it was all about SmackDown. And when that game came out, now, you had Raw, you had, well, actually, you had Attitude, you had Warzone. Anthony had those on the PlayStation. I, mm, I think I had, I had Attitude on the N64. You know what? I had one of them on N64, either Attitude or Warzone, and I think I had the other one on Dreamcast, which was kind of weird. I got a Dreamcast, I think, before I got a PlayStation. Figure that one out. Hmm. So, um, and yes, I know some of you may be, you know, fact-checking me here. 
I did have a Sega CD, and I didn't have a Sega CD for long. My Sega CD, I think, wore out, oh, gosh, in the first, definitely in the first couple years. Because I remember at one point, I couldn't even get, like, the connection to go for my Genesis, uh, it would have been a version 2 Genesis, um, to connect to my version 2 uh, Sega CD. And I remember actually that point, I'm going to be all over the place, folks. I have no set thing. I mean, I'm going to talk about the PlayStation, but other than that, I'm winging it. Um, and don't worry, folks, I'm going to keep this like a half hour. So, you know, I won't bore you too much. Who is calling me? What is going on? What is happening? Okay, uh, for those of you wondering, my prescription is ready, so whatever. Um, what the hell was I just talking about? Uh, raw, uh, no, Warzone, Attitude. Oh, yeah, so I got a PlayStation strictly for SmackDown, and I did play uh, a- uh, Attitude, Warzone, because Anthony had those on the PlayStation. Um, also, WCW versus the World. Um, on PlayStation. So I wasn't gearing up for those because I was still enjoying like No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 on the N64. Uh, but SmackDown caught my eye and that was the reason why I got a PlayStation. And I got to admit, I was very happy with it. Um, maybe do I regret not getting a new copy? No. Again, I was broke. I was in college. So <laughs> kind of had no choice at that point. <laughs> had to do what I had to do. Um, It wasn't long after SmackDown when I picked up a copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the PlayStation, and that's when things began to change in Earl Hall at Adelphi University. Because at that point, I mean, I, I was the only one on the floor who had it. I'm sure, not the only one on campus, but the only one on the floor who had it. Um, my dorm room would eventually become kind of video game central and, uh, we were, we started doing tournaments for Marvel versus Capcom too, um, on top of Pokemon puzzle league, but that's for the anniversary of the N64. Um, I remember getting my booty whipped by my next door neighbor. Oh God, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you're not, but I hope you are. Forgive me. I forgot your name. Oh boy. Um, but he was good. I mean, I think I went like oh and like seventy five against him. Um, playing Marvelous Capcom two, and it wasn't even, you know that version on PlayStation wasn't even like the definitive version. You know, the, the arcade is a definitive version, but for home, it would have been on, um, Dreamcast, maybe Saturn, but Dreamcast, uh, because Marvel versus Capcom two was three on three. Normally on the PlayStation, it was two on two, which is fine. uh, No big deal. But, um, we would have tournaments in that game that just lasted into the evening I never won any of them. Like I said, I sucked at it. But my um, library starts to slowly grow. 
So playing SmackDown, playing Marvel's Capcom 2. And then my next big obsession on the PlayStation would be GTA. And I'm not even talking the original Grand Theft Auto. Though I needed the original Grand Theft Auto to play GTA London 1969. Now, I don't know if any of you out there remember this game. It was basically DLC before DLC. So, for those who may not know, you have your standard base game, Grand Theft Auto. Over, you know, top-down, classic, genre-changing, freaking people out, Grand Theft Auto. Later on, shortly thereafter, they would come out like this British version, uh, GTA, and it took place in, I'll give you a minute to guess, London 1969, hence GTA, London 1969. Um, it was awesome. Everyone was talking British. Um, all the cars with these old school British vehicles. It was actually pretty fun. But you needed the original Grand Theft Auto to play London 1969. Uh, it was like a boot, basically it, GTA, it made GTA the boot up disc. I'm trying to remember, now that I think about it, I think what you would do is, oh wow, this is just really all kind of coming back to me. I think first, you put in London 1969, that starts to boot up, then it tells you to put in Grand Theft Auto. You put that in, the only thing I can assume then it just reads, basically, it loads GTA you put back in London 1969, and then that just somehow does like it is kind of like this remapping overlay um, of the levels and the cars and everything like that. So that was my third obsession, I would say, um, with the PlayStation. You know, I may. Where's my. Oh, I don't have it right in front of me. I don't know where it is, and it's going to take too long to find it. My PlayStation 1 games, the ones I still have, um, and a lot of more originals, too. So uh, so London was the big one. And then after that, the, the final kind of the of the beginnings of my PlayStation would be the classics. Um, now, when I say classics, I mean like arcade classics. Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Frogger, Pong. There was a time when... On the PlayStation, you got all these new games of these old IPs. Like, you got Ms. Pac-Man's Maze Madness, which, personally, I like better on the Dreamcast, but it's available on the PlayStation. Um, Pac-Man World. Pac-Man World 2. Which is taking these iconic characters and putting them in almost these 3D environments. Kind of, sort of. Uh, Frogger was like that. Pong was the weirdest one. Because it's Pong... And really not much to it, but there was some sort of like updated graphic story mode of Pong on the PlayStation. I remember I gotta I gotta pop that back in too. Where is my Polymega? I can play all of these. Can't wait. Um and uh and I remember buying those up because I love those old arcade games and these new spins on these old arcades. Uh Qbert was another one. Qbert got like this weird adventure mode, uh, which is odd. Um, and then while in college, my next phase of PlayStation. Now I will be the first to admit 
and we do live by it here, um, you know, here at the Retro Gamers. When it comes to emulations, you know, we don't necessarily agree with going out and just getting, you know, 10,000 games downloaded onto a cart, uh, you know, onto a memory card and then play. Of course, if you own the game, you're allowed to own an emulator by law. But, you know, as much as I'm digital, you know, when it comes to the old stuff, you know, I'll wait to get it on physical media. Um, but when I'm in college, when I was, say it with me, everybody, broke. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, can't, I think I made, was I saying broke and poor earlier? Because that's the exact same thing. Um, yeah, I guess, but I was broke. I had no money. That was it. Dunsky, empty pockets. So, <laughs> um, so in college, a little bit of a different mindset. I mean, I wasn't going around, you know, breaking into windows and stealing stuff. But in the university center, they would sometimes have someone set up as a vendor, just someone from the neighborhood selling garbage. So uh, one time this lady set up and she had some PlayStation games. I was like, all right, now we're talking. We can deal with this. But she didn't have regular PlayStation games. She had PlayStation games, but they were on CDRs. Um, And I was like, wait a minute. How is that possible? So basically, I discovered um, how easily it was to copy a PlayStation game and play it on the PlayStation. And that just opened up the doors <laughs> for a college kid. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, let's do this. So, and it was from her, too, where I bought... Um, the the piece to mod my PlayStation, and even back then, I was hearing stories about you know people having to solder stuff and open up a PlayStation and all this nonsense. And I'm still not 100 percent sure if I remember how Anthony's PlayStation was modded to play Japanese games, but I just had this unit. Pause for effect. Um, this piece that I would put in the back of the PlayStation. There, there was a the external port. On the back of the PlayStation 1. Uh, I had this unit, this piece, that first of all, really the intent was, it was like 34 memory cards in one. So I never had to load a memory card in the front end of my PlayStation. Um, it was always in the back of the PlayStation and just did that. So that was sweet. Never, I never had to unplug it or anything. It was fantastic. It would be a hump later on when I want to you know, uh, bring a game save file to a friend's house or something, but be that as it may, it just stayed in the back. But it also did this bypass where I could play copied PlayStation games. And the way it worked came with a spring. You put the spring in the part um, on on the, the upper half of the case that when it's closed, it tells the PlayStation that, that it's closed. So the spring is essentially tricking the PlayStation into thinking it's always closed. And what you would do is you would take a, any regular game, any regular PlayStation game, doesn't have to be the same game you want to play, because that would be redundant, because then why do I have a copied version of that game? So I would say, this is the one I remember most. Get a copy of GTA, right? I put that in, I boot up the system. I forgot at what point, but at some point, the disc stops spinning and 
at that point, you pop the original PlayStation disc out, and then you put your copy game in, and then, because it's got to get past the boot up, and the only way it's going to get past the boot up is with a real game. Once you get past that, like the, you know, the, the, the load screen, you know, the original PlayStation, when that logo pops up, uh, then I guess whatever game is in there just loads, and then Viola, we would move forward. And the first game I had was Spider-Man. That, I mean, fantastic game of Spider-Man on the PlayStation uh, with Stan Lee as the narrator. I think it was like the first time he was like part of a Spider-Man game or anything related to Spider-Man in years. It was like a big hub of blue. And, um, and I played that. I played that ad nauseum. Uh, I picked up a couple of the games from her. I bought some games. Yes, I actually bought, which defeats purpose. But I was buying the copied games from her. And then eventually I just go, wait a minute. You know, these are regular CDRs. I'm pretty sure I can do this myself. So then a young, late teens, early 20s, not thinking straight, Larry, uh, got himself a Blockbuster membership. (laughs) which was not that far from the school. And I started renting video games like crazy. And then I would start copying them because it was very easy. The whole, the black bottom of a PlayStation disc, we've said it before on this podcast. It, it was purely aesthetic purposes. It did nothing to enhance or protect or anything of the PlayStation. They just did it to look cool. Kind of like on the PS2 when it was purple for a little while. Um, so I would just rent games from Blockbuster, put it in my CD drive, hit copy, and it does its magic, and there I am with a ton of video games. I can't remember specifics, but I just had a ton of copied games, and that got me through college, and at, and I'm not just saying this to be like, oh, well, I'm going to redeem myself. I'm going to be honest, I think at some point... I started ditching the copied games, um, and then I started repurchasing them later when they were on sale or used or something like that. But I got a lot of them because I have a copy of Spider-Man, uh, a legitimate copy of Spider-Man. Um, and then that, you know, that was really my fondest memory of PlayStation was college. Um, those moments are going to live with me for, for an eternity. And I can't believe it's already 25 years 24 and a half in the U.S. What? Is that Anthony? He knows I'm doing a solo show. Nope, somebody else. What? Why is RDJ doing a... What's going on here? Uh, Nope, that is something else. Okay. I will silence the phone. There we go. So, um, yeah. So, really, my memory of PlayStation, especially the PS1, was college. Uh, And then, you know, later on uh, in 2000, Sony put out that PlayStation mini kind of like that slim PlayStation one. And then that's when they kind of renamed it PS one. Um, and I love that. I, that little model. I love that. That's the one I have now. Love that little guy. Um, of course I can't play copy games on it, but, um, you know, it, it was really a, a really good move on the PlayStation's part. Because uh, basically all the systems always got to slim down. You know, the Nintendo got a redesign. The Super Nintendo in North America got a redesign. The N64 never did, actually, which is kind of shocking now that I say it out loud. But the P- P- PlayStation, which is now notorious for putting out a regular system and then shrinking it. Um, 
you know, put out that slim PS1, tiny PS1. Uh, that's the one. I love that one. Uh, like I said, I play with that one now. I have a screen for it that's attached directly to it. I actually play on that more than I do on the actual television. Um, I had it with me at the uh, Long Island Retro Expo. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I... Whenever like I go to Game On or something like that, I do look at the PlayStation uh, section. I have pretty much the games I'm looking for. There's no real game that jumps out at me that I need now from the original PlayStation. I wasn't big into RPGs, as everybody knows, so I stayed away from the Final Fantasies. Um, I mean, I had some sports games, but uh, I don't think I had many sports games on the PlayStation, now that I think about it. I do remember, and I'll wrap up with this, I do remember eventually the budget titles coming out. I don't know if anyone remembers these. Brand new PlayStation games, but they like were brand new retail for $10, $9.99. Very simple games. Literally simple games with simple titles. Chess. Like, shoot 'em up or something. Uh, or Space Shooter, I think they called it. Bowling. That was it. Um, and actually, some of those came out on the PS3 uh, like virtual console, which I find funny. Uh, and then, so that was really cool. Cause then you started seeing a lot of these budget titles and some of them were good. Look for 10 bucks for five bucks. You got your money's worth. It was worth it. Um, and, um, one of my favorite budget titles of all time is, uh, Gecko, Sh- Gecko shooting King. Um, it's just a shoot 'em up. It's a vertical, uh, scroller. Don't even bother putting a memory card in because it doesn't save anything because there's no reason to save. But then they have like these other like like five or six other versions, like a horror one that screams every time you shoot. There's like a little one that almost looks like a like a like a VMU, like a Dreamcast VMU uh, that plays like that. And a couple other ones is a weird one. Like every time you shoot, like you hear a baby cry. It's weird, but it's an awesome game. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my PlayStation now like the PS1 dwindling a little bit on my end. Not that I'm not that, that I don't love it anymore. Just there's really nothing to go back to for me right now. But I got to say, as I'm talking now, as I'm reminiscing about this, I really want it. Well, it's Monday, so I'm going to watch raw, but I really, uh, I think I may saw breaking out the PlayStation one. And after the holidays, uh, knock on wood, if Santa treats me right, hopefully I'll be able to get some new uh, setups and be able to actually live stream. You know, Anthony's always doing the, the heavy lifting with the live streams, and I don't. I, honestly, it's it's more because uh, I just don't have the proper setup for it. Uh, the computer I have is is an old one. Uh, it's really kind of shown its age, as, I'm, as am I. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, if things go well for Christmas... I'll be able to start streaming some more, which would include PlayStation, because I do have a PlayStation HDMI cable that Hyperkin put out that works like a charm. So I'm going to check that out. Um, And I'm going to bring you more live streams in 2020. Trust me when I tell you that. With that, though, it is 8.02 as I record. I am missing Raw, so let me get to that. Folks, remember, you can follow us everywhere um, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, at Retro Gamers Podcast, on Twitter, at Retro Gamers Pod. Uh, I think we're still doing Twitch, at TRG underscore podcast. 
And I just want to say for a programming note, this Thursday, I am going to be recording with the Technocrat. So be on the lookout for that. That should be pretty fun. We met at Long Island Retro Expo, so um, we're going to talk about a lot of geek stuff, a lot of nerd stuff, probably that is going to be way above my pay grade, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. And I do believe the episode that I was on Beats and Speaks podcast, um, check that out. I did an episode about New York Comic Con. Uh, I'll put links up if I see it's up. I think it is. Today's the ninth when I'm recording. Uh, and with that, you can check us out. Also, email us. Email at the Retro Gamers Podcast. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. Just message us. It doesn't have to be a question. Just you know, just be like, hey, remember this game? Hey, it'd be cool if you talk about that. I think this is a cool subject. Let me get your thoughts on this. Me and Anthony want to bring you, the listeners, into the podcast. And we can do that with Messenger, with Twitter. Send us those messages. Send us the love. Truly, truly, we appreciate everybody who listens to the shows. And uh, remember... Only takes a few seconds. Hit that share button when you see a new episode up. Let the world know about us. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it be Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, um, Google, wherever, you know, give us that five star review. Give us the thumbs up, whatever the liking system is, because we want more people to know about this podcast. This labor of love that me and Anthony do. Uh, remember, we're not going to change your mind on the business. We just want to reminisce with you. You know, when me and Anthony talk, we want you to be like, I remember that as if you were in the conversation with us. And maybe one day down the road, you can be. Because again, if things go the way I hope they go, I might be able to do something with phone calls. I don't know. Maybe I should tell Anthony first. But with that, folks, let me wrap this up again. Thank you for joining me on this handheld episode. Happy birthday to the PlayStation. We want to hear your thoughts, your your memories of the PlayStation. What were your favorite games? Do you remember getting your first PlayStation? What prompted you to get a PlayStation? You know, it's been 25 years in some parts of the world, 24 in others. Um, you know, we definitely want to hear from you. We're looking forward to it. And with that, folks, we will catch you right here next week on the Retro Gamers Podcast. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.